The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. Cam Edwards, Miss E, and uh, dogs in the background. Studio audience of dogs, yeah, Booker and Bullet. Both hanging out this evening, both wanting to get a little close to us. Uh, sorry we are a little late with the podcast, but we have a good excuse. We've been working our rear ends off. Man, we were we we worked in the garden Friday night until it was too dark to see, clearing more space, getting it ready, cleaning off the weeds and putting down weed fabric. And then we had a fun time Saturday because we went to farmers markets and Bought somebody else's vegetables and helped the economy that way. Um, and then we had company, so we didn't really work in the garden. But Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, oh my blob, we built 55 feet of chicken tunnels. Yep. Three 15-foot sections and one 10-foot section. And it's connecting to a section that's already around 30 feet long. Right. So we have this long habit trail that's running through the garden from the, the yard in the coop to this other yard that we built that's 80 feet long and 10 feet wide. Yeah, that's a uh, it's a chicken yard palace. Chicken chicken run palace. It is it is the palace of of chicken runs. It's got some shade, it's got a lot of grass. We can also, you know, block off the tunnel on the mm-hmm. inside if we need to keep them out for a little while Let and the grass grow back. Yep. And I was thinking too like for now since it's it's summer we should go ahead and build a temporary wall in the coop that makes them go to the tunnel mm. and forces them to go down in that yard. And then we can till the, their totally dead yard and plant some green in there. Yeah, we can do that. We uh, also uh, uh, cleared out the rest of the garden bed. I don't even know how many square feet that would be, but it's, it's all been burned and I, rototilled. I measured it against what I knew what the chicken run was. Okay. And it's about... I would say it's fifteen, about fifteen feet wide, mm-hmm. but about a hundred and ten to one hundred and twenty feet long. Okay, so about sixty feet, just this weekend. Yes, burned, rototilled, ready to go. Uh, this evening, got home and we, uh, you assembled uh, a couple more of the raised garden beds that we we're putting in the front yard. Fill those up with dirt. 
uh, put tomatoes and basil. So those are planted, and then uh, we uh, pounded in the uh, big fence posts for the Florida fences in the uh, in the regular garden. So we're ready to go. Yeah. I was I was hoping by the next time we're kind of holding off on the podcast because I really want to be able to say, "Yay, everything's planted!" And we're not quite there. But by the time you listen to this, yeah. I think we're going to be able to say, "Yay, Yay everything everything's planted. Everything we have is plants." Now we have to put some <laughs> seeds in for other things or just not do it. I, I, you know, I just figure we might be getting a late start this year, but we're going to be, but we're a little ahead and thinking about fall plants. And yes. we have that other whole side of the garden that we can, you know, keep weed free and then we can plan, map that out for the things with the Brussels sprouts and the cabbage and the other fall things like i'd like to try garlic again in the fall and i'd like to do yeah i have an arugula and a, and a spinach variety that are both fall and i like those things yeah we're about a month behind in terms of putting you know tomatoes and and the summer crops in the ground and and but you know you know i, I had listen, cancer i no, well i'm not I was, gonna play that card anymore it's been a while but i, I it's been a while but i think you still can play that card because it took you a while to get back up to speed yeah i'm still and, getting up to speed i still get winded really easily yeah you know? well you're working your uh, you're listening and I, I couldn't tell because you are pushing yourself just as hard as you ever have. Uh, so it's impressive. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't feel that bad that we're about a month behind schedule. We're, we're as you say, we're now on schedule for the fall. Yep. So this weekend, Miss E is going to go visit a friend uh, and I'll be here. So I'm going to try to go ahead and plant some stuff that can just get planted. I'm going to be planting pumpkins. Uh, and other uh, fall crops. We've got uh, Brussels sprouts that get to go down, and then some more carrots because the carrots, as we mentioned, just haven't been doing that well. And then the rabbits have gotten into some of the carrots, and uh, yeah. so we'll be putting more carrots down. Probably more beets too. Uh, although the beets seem to be looking pretty good. The beets are doing well, but I think that that was not a good spot for them. If you notice, yeah, the stuff that's further away from the edge of the garden bed is doing, doing better, better because it's getting a lot more sun. Mm-hmm. So next time, the last time we had the beets a little more, uh, towards the road. I'm not, I'm like South, right? Yeah. That would be more. South. It, was, it was a little bit, a little bit more, more South, but a little bit more up front in the garden. So there's less to learn for next time. But because we have been paying attention to the sun, which is why when we did start putting things down for posts for the tomatoes and the peppers, we were like, okay, not, this is about the line where we want to start because it's going to get nice, good sun early and it'll be a good place to put them. And then where the shady bits are, we'll put some cucumbers, I think. Yep. So we are a little late, but we would love to hear how your garden is growing. Uh, The email is 40acrefool at gmail.com. We're going to get to some of your thoughts later in the show. And uh, it's not been all garden games for us um, this weekend. So we, uh, Missy mentioned we had friends over on Saturday night and one of their children uh, comes over and says, Mr. Cameron, you have eggs under the porch. I said, what? You have eggs under the porch. So I go outside and I look and sure as shit, there are tons of eggs he under thought, the front he thought porch. thought at least 10, by the way. Right. This, he's, a, you know, he's like, thinking he's like six or seven. Grade. Yeah. And, and, and that's probably as many as he could see because there was a hen sitting. On so, yeah. So Sunday, uh, we, uh, we take a break from the garden. We uh, go in and clear out. What did you find? 27 eggs. 27 eggs. Underneath that. Uh, and I scared the crap out of the chicken sitting on them. It was the black ostrilorp. She's sitting on all of... She was sitting on 25. There were two outside of her reach. 
So I got, we got them all. We put them in a basket. We put some fresh straw in the nesting boxes in the coop. And then we put them in the biggest nesting box. Mm-hmm. And I figured, well, if she doesn't show up, I'm going to chuck these. But if she does, then maybe we can hatch some out and see what we get. We're going to get a mixed bag. Um, and somebody was sitting on them at one point. I did see a hen in there later that day. So that wasn't – so those were all ones yeah, that we were so. thinking might be able to be hatched. So right. we started looking around. No, 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 no. You were out doing something else, and I was doing something. Oh, I was moving fence. Oh, that's and right, because we for were going to build, start fence. building the Florida fences, and that roll of fence was underneath the carport. Uh, that Not fence the Florida was fence, the chicken, chicken tunnel. Right. Sorry. Chicken so tunnels. I'm moving fence out from underneath the carport. Florida fences are sticks and string, by the way. We'll explain that later. Yeah. But, yeah, this is for the chicken tunnels. And I see more eggs buried kind of close to the house. So I go in, and I tell Miss Seals, like, you'll never believe this, but I just found 10 more eggs, I think. Go outside. And they are so <sighs> pale. They are so old. They are white. None of our chickens lay white eggs. No. There's beige and there's very <laughs> pale blue, and you're like, oh, God, how long have they been here? And so I start, I don't think, and I start to pick them up, and I start to move them out of the dirt to do a count, and I go to reach in, and before I touch it, one ex. Explodes <laughs> right below the surface of the dirt, and it sounded like a twenty-two. I mean, it was a loud, was loud pop, and that scared the bleep out of me. And I jumped up, and I was like, "Holy crap, they're exploding!" And so I then you went in and got me a plastic bag, and I'm like gingerly putting them in this plastic bag and holding it, pointing away right. from myself because they're, they're I'm gently placing them in, but I don't want to touch anything. And as oh, I kind of yeah. drop it in, they're going pow, 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 pow. Oh, it was, oh my God. And the stench. Oh, it was like death. Oh my blood. It made, it made we, death we, sound like a, it smelled like a dozen roses. We had kid three take the garbage can <laughs> to the dump because we had already gone to the dump mm-hmm. earlier in the weekend. So we made him take the, just that can with that bag of rotten eggs to the dump. It was that bad. It was so nasty. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, so all totaled 37 eggs under the house mm-hmm. for, I don't know how long. Right. Yeah, and we've been wondering, you know. Why they, we were only getting, why do we have 14 hens? Well, we have 12 now, but why do we have 14 hens? We're only getting like five or six eggs a day. What's going on? This now is we not. Know. I thought they weren't just laying. Right. But that's why it's more imperative that we get this chicken They got to go back on lockdown. Yeah, yeah they got to go back on lockdown. And they're going to have plenty of space. I mean, they're going to have a great. They're going to have a huge run. They're going to have good places to go. Oh, and I just read something, and here's a tip for everybody. I don't think I shared it. I saw some, um, one of those. Pioneer Way or Modern Farmer things. They said you should save the ashes from your from your fire pit as long as you're burning wood uh-huh. and mix that in with dirt where your chickens take their dust baths. Okay, because the ashes help with keeping bugs and stuff off yeah. of them. Right, well, I got, we got plenty of that from yeah, the fire yeah. pit. Yeah, so I got to remember that and throw some near the. I think that might actually help because it's. Well, I'll have to check. Not maybe near the blueberries because I don't know if ash. Alkali or or whatever. Like, yeah, I had to check that. But other places around the... I know where they like to go dust paths. Yeah. Just throw some some of the ash in. I think it was a a good idea, but... Yeah. So I well so when that's the other thing we had to do underneath. There there was like literally a little nest. There was there was feathers, there was little grasses, there was this little nest area and I had to just totally just take all the eggs out and just just scratch it all up and mess things around and make sure there's no sign of because chickens once they know to lay somewhere, they mm. just keep going there and they go and they're not And really we've fun. had we've had been having issues I think with the uh, the the red sex linked uh, birds yeah. that we got a couple of months ago. They just haven't quite figured out where 
exactly they're supposed to be laying, which was funny because they were the ones who, who were reluctant to leave the yard, the, now the little, they, their little chicken yard, and now, now they're they just like, oh, everywhere. I know, they're, they'll, the, <laughs> one of them laid an egg in the middle of that yard. One of them made a, laid an egg in the middle of our front yard. Yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with you weird girls? You're, there's nesting, there's like, like eight nesting boxes in that coop. I know, I know. Well, soon they'll be confined, and at least they'll be uh, easier to spot the uh, the stray eggs. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to step away for just a moment or two. We have a lot more here on 40 Acres and a Fool, so stick around. We'll be right back right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Uh, so you wanted to talk about knitting this oh, segment. Yeah. Well, so I've started on Sweater Take 2, getting lots of nice feedback for people with a pat on the back <laughs> and an add a girl and you can do this and yes, I can do it. It's not as enthusiastic, so it's taking a little bit longer. Plus, we've been working in the garden so much, my hands hurt. Yeah. So it's really hard to knit when your hands have blisters all over them from other stuff. But I really, I saw this fascinating story, and it was about knitters during World War II. And it was uh, pre- predominantly in Europe. But there were women who would keep track of the trains and do counts in their knitting by dropping a stitch if it was going one way or slipping a stitch or doing a yarn over if it was doing something else. And there were women who actually would knit code in pieces. There were rules. There were uh, um, that all sweater pa- sweater patterns at one point in history were banned from publication in Germany because they thought they were hiding code in them. Oh, and it wow. turned out that the women were actually knitting code into some of their stuff. And they were knitting code in, like, Braille or, like, Morse code kind of thing. So dots and dashes, but in the knitting, so pearls and knits because there's bumps and there's – so it's fascinating. If you, you know, Who but, is the code for? Um, it would just give the – it was the – you know, if – I think in this case it was the women in – Let's see who the German women were keeping track, I guess, of of the allies. But the English knitters were probably keeping track of the the people who came to invade them. I can't remember all the details of the story. I just remember there were just all the, there was just like a whole history of women who knitted code. Okay, and where did you see this? Um, it was a Facebook story. Huh. But I, it was like a yeah. Um, but where was it from? Sorry. You gotta meet. I shared it on the Corny Goat Farm website, and I got a lot of people who like okay, it. Okay, well, we'll so go it's on the Corny Goat, Goat Farm, Farm Facebook website. thing. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Do with those that. Yeah, hard I hitting. Talk questions. about it. I'm not. I'm not being interviewed. Damn it! I just wanted to tell you about this really neat 
thing about knitting and code. Like, wow, look at that. You can use your knitting for all kinds of <laughs> espionage and surreptitious things. I could I could knit a Tom Baker scarf and then I could probably, you know, knit the secret of the universe in Morse code in there and yeah. no one would ever know. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got a story that I saw too. You ready for this one? Yes. It has nothing to do with knitting and code. Oh, look at you. You're all prepared. But I have the story in front of me. Okay. Uh, yes, this was from the Tampa Bay Times, actually from the Washington Post today. Uh, headline, Backyard Chickens Blamed for Salmonella Outbreaks Do Not Snuggle With Them, CDC Ew, says. Who wants to snuggle a chicken anyway? <laughs> well, we've got our little chicken whisperer who oh, scoops up mind. chickens. She picks them up because she can. Uh, yes, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says eight separate salmonella outbreaks linked to contact with pet poultry have taken place in the United States this year, sickening more than 370 people in 47 states, hospitalizing 71. In uh, 2016, a record 895 people who consorted with fowl came down with nausea, vomiting, abdominal cramps, and fever that characterized the infection. Three uh, did not survive. And so the uh, CDC says... Don't cuddle your chickens. Um, they they surveyed uh, uh, hundreds of salmonella patients last year. You ready oh, for this? Yeah. Nearly half acknowledged snuggling baby birds, and 46% said they allowed their chickens in the house. I only had chickens in the house when we, they were babies, and we didn't have any place to put them outside. But as soon as they were... I mean, cat. Cats are one thing in the house, but yes. they're gross enough. But I'm not going to have chickens too. <laughs> I, I mean, and by the time, by the time we got the chickens out of the house, like six weeks later, we were both like, never again, never again. The whole the house. house was so dusty <laughs> of having it was just baby baby chickens in my office area, but my office isn't closed off. It's kind of like. A little sunroom off of the dining room. It's a weird. This whole room is a really weird layout. It is, but um, uh, but anyway, that was where they were because that's where we keep the animal feed. That's where my office for work is, and that's where it made sense to put, keep the baby chickens. Yeah, and now if we have if the if the uh, twenty seven eggs that we saved, uh, if those end up hatching out, we have a chicken palace. Exactly, and they're already outside. We don't have to move them in. It'll right. be then the right time of year, yeah. so we don't have to worry about freezing. Nope. Uh, in particular, they say elderly people should not touch the backyard birds, nor should small children. This year, more than a third of those who've gotten sick were under the age of five. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they say that um, a lot of this is just common sense, right? After you touch or handle a, a chicken, wash your hands, chicken whisperer. I'm looking at my chicken whisperer who's here uh, always, as our studio always, audience right now, too. Rule. And they say don't wash the eggs, though, because cold water can push bacteria inside of the eggs. Instead, brush or wipe them off. I never wash our eggs unless no. they're really gross, and then I have to before I break them open. But then you just have to open them a different way. Uh, the article was in the Telegraph. Your uh, article. The article that I was talking about, knitting, the knitting code. And code, was the Telegraph.co.uk, and one. Um, so one of the things was the Belgian resistance recruited old women whose windows overlooked railway cars uh, ah. to note the trains. Pearl one for this type of train, drop one for another. Uh-huh. Um, uh, let's see. There was one of the most famous examples of knitting was in um, A Tale of Two Cities, Madame Defarge. She sits by the guillotine, calmly recording their names in wool as their heads fall into a basket. Uh, one of the first actions of the revolution was a demonstration against food shortages by working women. Um, those knitting women... 
Uh, they interpreted it literally. They did something else with their knitting. Let's see. Where else did I see this? But, yeah. So, I was just like, it's crazy that they were actually... There was another one. There was another code. Where was it? I don't know. But, anyway, yeah. So, just a, I thought it was really cool. That is oh, really yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, but right during the Second World War... The Office of Censorship banned people from posting knitting patterns abroad in case they contained coded messages. <laughs> right? That's so, pretty awesome. Knitting as an espionage tool. Right. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, we're going to step away for just a moment or two. We do have much more 40 Acres in a Fool right after this. Hello, Booker. Breathe heavy into the microphone. There you go. All right, stick around. We've got a, a full house, and we're uh, sharing with you here on 40 Acres and a Fool on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the Chris Salcedo Show. The hyperventilating continues. As one political party alleges talking to the Russians is bad, but only if you're part of the Trump administration. The latest flap over Jared Kushner, President Trump's son-in-law. Oh, unlike these partisan hacks, I can remember a day when the United States of America had back channels open to the Soviet Union, prevented the whole nuclear annihilation thing. The Chris Salcedo Show. Weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So how many weeks ago were we talking about that? Uh, we were talking about video games and you, you had your <laughs> you had your hankering or you really wanted to earn this river raid. Well, yeah, thing. the Activision game River Raid. And we were talking about, you know, I was playing it. And you get to a certain point, and you can take a picture, and you get a patch. And I took a picture, but it was with a Kodak, you know, Instamatic, and it was so blurry Polaroid you couldn't you see get, it. Yeah. yeah, it was like I think it was like two weeks ago. Okay, so it was two just episodes a little bit. Ago. Okay, so yeah. Like, yeah, two episodes ago. So anyway, we got a we got an email from um, Stephen, and he found it on eBay. But I'm not buying it for <laughs> you, man, because it's way too yeah. much money for a little. Uh, Six sixty dollars fifty nine ninety five, and I it's think actually it, temporarily sold out. I think it, it it went for more than fifty nine ninety five. It went for uh, almost ninety dollars. That's wow! You that's a nostalgia item to be sure. Oh, totally. Um, what's but, what's cool is that there I just are. Say thank you though for sending me the link. I I got a giggle out of that, but yeah, I'm not buying that for Cam. Yes, thank you, Stephen. And now I'm looking and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are all these other patches too. Like the official member patches? of the Activision ski team. We don't need those stinking patches. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Hey, congratulations. Wow. I, I actually was able to use it somehow. That's awesome. That's good. Thank good you. for you. Janet also wrote in talking about video games. She says, I thought I'd answer your question about favorites. I'm a bit older than you all are. I used to love Pac-Man and the original Frogger. Are you kidding? I totally Yeah, by the way, I don't, I don't know if you're Frogger. that much older, Janet. I, I remember Pac-Man and, and Frogger. In fact, I've got a, I've got stories about both Pac-Man and... And Frogger, if if you don't mind a brief digression. Sure, go for it. Okay, so when I was a kid, we moved from Oklahoma to New Jersey. Lived there for about two years. The town that I moved to, I think we've talked about this before, had a, had a law, you had to be 16 to play video games. Arcade games. Right. 
Uh, they didn't like bust in your door and stop the stop with the Atari. But, but they wouldn't uh, let you in the. But we didn't have an arcade. But there weren't many places that actually had arcade games. But there were a couple. There was an ice cream parlor, um, and I was too young. My older brother was also too young, but my older brother looked older. Okay. And nobody gave him grief, so he at fourteen is playing video games illegally. I at like eight am not. Well, there's a big difference. I know exactly. He can exactly he can get away with it. I couldn't. So for two years, the only arcade game that I got to play was in Hackensack, New Jersey. No, Hoboken, New Jersey. We would go to a diner in Hoboken, (laughs) and they had a Pac-Man game that I could play. But it wasn't just a Pac-Man game. It was in German, (laughs) and the names of the ghosts were not Inky Blinky. Whatever in dot, it was It was the weirdest thing. Oh, that's crazy! I've right? never seen that. Yeah, and then uh, Frogger's kind of a sad story. I was playing Frogger when my mom told me that my uh, parents were getting divorced, and so oh, like, wow, really? Yes, Frogger is always associated with failed marriages now. Uh, oh so. wow, I actually got it for one of the kids' three DSs, and I was playing it, <laughs> and I really, I was like, it's a whole, it's a whole new game now, but. We're, I'm okay. I can deal with it okay. now. It's well, good. I sent it back. It's okay. Janet says, uh, I'm not much into Pac-Man and Frogger now. Mostly don't have access. I do play Lumosity, uh, the series of brain games. Oh, yeah. And recently uh, started listening to your podcast, says Janet. I'm hooked. I grew up on a farm. I really miss it. Uh, and Janet, thank you for listening. It is great to hear from you, and I hope that you won't be a stranger, uh, whether it's uh, a farming or gardening or gaming uh, we hope that we uh, are able to pique your interest and we hear back from you soon. Uh, Jeanette, writing in, says, Ever since we dumped our cable provider, the only thing that I regretted was not having access to somewhat trustworthy news. So I downloaded the NRA app uh, to our Roku so I can catch Cam and Company wherever I can. But I always look forward to what I've, be- uh, what I've begun to call my safe, sane place, the near frontier of your podcast, where I get to laugh, learn, and just think about the things that I enjoy around here rather than the stresses that are otherwise going on. Oh, that's so nice. Isn't that nice? That is really nice. By the way, the popping sound you're hearing in the back is uh, Booker gnawing on a uh, beef hoof. And they smell like stale Still pee. piss. Yeah, so it's don't, so gross. He loves to chew on them, and I'd rather him chew on these than, oh, I don't know, the wall and my chair and all my <laughs> knitting and the desk over there. Um, so I will put up with the stench. Yeah, apologize for that. For that. Uh, Jeanette, says, uh, uh, Jeanette says, I really have to thank Missy for the tips on potatoes. Now I've got something I can do with the three red potatoes that have been sprouting in my pantry. I just won't throw out the 16-pound bag from cat food. I'll put potting soil in it and the three potatoes. One more thing I can grow in my backyard and hide from our neighborhood association. And so <laughs> someone told us, too, that so when they get about 12 inches tall, the plants, mm-hmm. add about six inches of dirt, and then keep doing that. Let the leaves be out, but as the, as the stems get longer, keep adding more dirt. Mm-hmm. So you want to have the leaves out. But you want to keep covering the, the the stems that grow with dirt, and that's where the potatoes will go. I love the I love by the way, Jeanette. We've got a couple of other listeners who are like, okay, how can I get around the HOA rules? <laughs> how can I do this? We've got you know the 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 anti Trump movement has the hashtag the resistance. We're like the garden resistance. We're the veggie resistance. We're like, <laughs> yeah, we don't need your stupid rules. We're gonna grow our own food. I love it, Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette said, my green onions revived from the freeze that we had in late April. The basil survived the hard freeze that we got last week. Uh, in fact, she says, I'm really surprised how many are popping up. I've been letting the basil go to seed for the last couple of years. Worked really well. But last fall, a bird landed on top of the basil, just started pecking and flinging the seeds everywhere. Jeanette says, I expected the basil would be popping up in the lawn and the rocks all around our flagstone patio. But I have several basil sprouts in the pot that are almost an inch tall. 
Nice. Nice. Right? Uh, Jeanette says, hopefully our bizarro weather will calm down now that it's June. Last week, we got a 75-mile-an-hour spring breeze. Five <laughs> tornadoes touched down, one crossing I-40 at uh, Klein's Corners in New Mexico, okay. uh, which she says is not really a town so much as it is a travel center and a large Route 66 landmark. I'm sure there were lots of startled tourists, she says, watching it all, thinking or saying, I thought tornadoes didn't happen in New Mexico. <laughs> they happen anywhere out there, don't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, New Mexico's, I mean, it's not quite could, Tornado Alley. We but, get tornadoes uh, here. We do, yeah. And Jeanette says every year they get three or four. Uh, she says, fortunately, they tend to be EF zeros or ones, They and they usually happen in a part of the state where the only... Uh, a thing worried, or the only thing likely to be heard, are rattlesnakes and jackrabbits. Um, she says the only thing we, the only reason we heard anything about these five is that they touched down close to the few populated towns in eastern New Mexico. Clovis, New Mexico, she said, reported softball-sized hail. Oh wow! Right, that's scary. That's going to keep the insurance adjusters busy. Very busy. Uh, Jeanette says my backyard has always been adventurous because of the number of critters that have moved in from time to time: frogs, rabbits, raccoons, skunks. The occasional coyote would wander by. Family of lizards living under the silverberry bush near the back door. She says a couple of years ago, a turtle moved in with the lizards, and it was perfect timing. We were invaded by swarms of grasshoppers of biblical proportions. <laughs> oh no! She says I couldn't walk from my front door to the mailbox. Crunch, 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 crunch. Local weather reporters would say what they thought the radar was showing as a thunderstorm was instead a grasshopper swarm. Okay, that's freaky, creepy, Jeanette. Ew, yeah. When the grasshoppers show up on radar, right? That's that's. Uh, she says every morning, Pokey, what I named the turtle, would come out from under the silverberry bush and start chomping down on grasshoppers. Uh, and she says, of course, there was last summer's kitten palooza. I could throw, yeah, the, could throw the our lizard out in that. Like here, go get some food, get right? backed up for a while there. Exactly. Uh, oh, Jeanette yeah, had kitten written about kitten palooza. Yeah. yeah. She says, now I'm wishing the, uh, some of those hairball seeds were still around, as there has been a new critter that's moved in that I really don't want. Squirrel. Or squirrels. Squirrel. Yep. I don't know, she says. Uh, but when I wrote to you about the kitten palooza, can't mention that they were at least good against the possibility of the hantavirus. That's true. But that's actually fairly easy to avoid whenever cleaning out any place where there might be mice. Just pour Clorox everywhere. Wear a mask over your nose and mouth. Uh, squirrels, though, she says around these parts, invite something other than hantavirus. Plague. Yeah, she says. I mean, ring around the rosy death plague. Yeah, Black no. death plague. Yeah, plague. Mice plague. 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 She says it's actually quite common here in New Mexico and southern Colorado. And every year, a picnic grounds or a hiking trail in the foothills of the Sandia and Manzano Mountains get closed down because a mountain lion from the area tested positive for plague. Can you imagine plague-bearing mountain lions? Talk about like a... a oh, my a, God. A, that sounds like a... <laughs> that sounds like a Tim Burton slash Wes Craven horror right? movie. Uh, she says a couple of months ago, stray cats were showing up with it. She says, I wouldn't have wanted any of last summer's kittens getting the plague, but at uh. least when Mama Two Spots and her daughters were hanging around, the squirrel or the squirrels went elsewhere. Also, she says, uh, last summer an owl and a hawk spent a lot of time keeping an eye on my backyard, hoping to snag a hairball seed, but I haven't seen either in a while. The only part of the Looney Tunes family showing up now are the woodpecker and Meeps the Roadrunner, which is always coming up on the back porch to torment my cat. And I don't think they chase squirrels away. No, they were chased by coyotes, but I don't recall uh, the Roadrunner ever going after Tom the Cat. No, but he'd still win. Because but then again, like that was a Looney Tune. That would have been a crossover. Coyotes can have a top speed of like fifty miles an hour, and um, the birds can only have a, they have a top speed of thirty five miles an hour. So my entire childhood was a lie. You know what? Uh, you know what works well, Jeanette, with uh, squirrels. It would be a uh, an air rifle or a twenty two. 
Uh, that would be <laughs> that would be my suggestion. If the if the neighbors are a little too close, um, maybe a slingshot. And I'm not kidding. You can be pretty accurate with a slingshot. Yeah, and, and uh, then it'd be fun too. Right. <laughs> fun for all ages. Have a contest for the kids in the neighborhood. Just uh, you know, don't let them get too close. What to do you the use as the plague bearing squirrel? Ball bearings. Ball bearings. Okay. Yep. That'll uh, clock a squirrel. That'll, and... <laughs> that'll totally clock a squirrel. <laughs> Good luck to you, Jeanette, and we hope we hear from you soon. Uh, we have more that we'll get to, but we do have to take a time out. So uh, stick around. We've got updates from uh, Robin and Trent and more. We'll be right back here on 40 Acres and a Fool on the Blaze Radio Network. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. So uh, Stanton has a problem. There's a bit of a crisis going on right now. Oh, no, what's wrong with Stanton? He's worked through all the episodes from start to finish, and he says, now that I'm caught up, I have this void in my day. (laughs) Oh, man, I feel like that with Game of Thrones, and they're not starting until, like, July. So I'm like, well, do I just go ahead and reread all the books again? But that's five books. Right. I will say this, uh, Stanton, if you are a fan of 40 Acres and a Fool, and it sounds like you are, uh, we do have Cam and Company. On NRA TV and Sirius X and Patriot 125, that is five days a week, two to five Eastern live, uh, midnight Eastern, nine Pacific on Sirius X and Patriot 125. Now, we don't talk about farm issues uh, on a daily basis, but no. we do talk about freedom-related issues. And right you don't to have bear to, arms if, he's, if he's not available from two to five, that's another one of those shows that you can, you can listen you can on demand. On demand right? Yep. So yep. there you go. So Stanton says it's been a fantastic roller coaster of a ride through the ups and downs of the farm, Missy's health, pets and animals. It's like you've... Taking us along with you, and I'm thankful that you've shared it all with us. Well, Stanless, I'm just thankful that people are listening. Yeah, right. You know, and for me, I'm thankful that people were listening. You got to talk in the microphone oh, sorry. now. Come on, there you something. go. I said I'm. <laughs> I'm just thankful that people were listening and praying for me. Yes, and they still are. And well, probably because I curse so much. Probably so. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to hell in all these people's <laughs> opinions anyway. They they saved my life, and they still think I'm probably going to hell. Stan says the uh, good news is our remaining chickens are doing well, and the few things that we have started in buckets are growing and about ready to be transplanted. Nice. Bad news is he says we appear to have weevils in our plums. Plum weevils. Plum weevils. Not, yeah, nothing like a bow weevil. He says I believe the pest to be the plum curculio. Not cornholio. I hate that word. No, no, it's just cornhole. That game. No, no, cornholio. No, I Penis know. And butthead. I remember cornholio. I cornholio. But the the whole cornhole. Teepee from a bunghole. That one, right? Yes, yeah. I know. That's why I don't like cornhole. Is the game of the the name of the I game? The it should be cornholio. like toss across or something. I don't know. I need anyway, teepee from a plum hole. Okay, stop Sorry. that. Just keep... <laughs> Go on with the rest of the whatever here. What are we talking about? Uh, anyway, he says uh, the, the plum curculio. Plum. Okay. Curculio. Was it one that did Gangster's Paradise? Was it? it sounds like it. Uh, anyway, from what I've read, says Stan, the best method of eradication is to gather all affected fruit from the branches and off the ground and destroy it by fire. 
Oh. This sounds reasonable, Stan says, if you only have one or few plum trees. But for my situation, this is probably impossible. So far, I have seen only one other option, the scorched earth method. Oh, uh, burning Burn it, it all down. Burning it all down. from scratch. Yep. Yeah, he says, I don't I, have to tell you, not crazy about that prospect. We have one. I wonder what it looks like. The 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 plum weevil. We have one plum tree. I don't know if you've ever. I have because it's never done, but like maybe a plum because the whole thing yeah. is pretty much diseased. I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't something. think we don't. I don't think. I don't think that's that's not plum weevil. That's that's not a bug. That's that's. Oh, a, but the peaches had some sort of boar thing. Yeah, when we would get peaches, they looked like they had like a hole drilled in them, and they were always like spewing fluid until they just dropped off the tree. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Stan is hoping he says it'll be able to salvage enough of a crop to make some jam. Perhaps someone in the community has uh, some better advice or options to help save Stanton's plums. So save Stanton's plums. If we have save any Stanton's arborists yeah. out there, we would love to hear from you. 40acrefool at gmail.com. We will pass on your info and your expertise uh, to Stanton here because, uh, you know, that's honestly, that's no joking matter when you uh, when you have to, you know, torch trees. Yeah. It's one thing when you have tomato blight and you're like, oh, well. I won't have that plant this year. Right, but you're talking years Years and years years to get back to that. So, Stan, and I am sorry to hear that. You should see. I mean, I don't know how long our blueberry bushes were here before we moved in, but we've been here for four and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And the ones that were here are mighty. The one I planted three years ago (laughs) is a stick with two blueberries on it. Yeah. It's kind of pathetically hilarious how non-existent of a blueberry bush that right. is after two years. One day it'll be mighty, but it's going to take a while. But the apple trees, too, are also not mighty. No. They aren't dead, though. Yeah. No, not yet. Uh, Stanton says, I'd like to comment on a few subjects from previous episodes. Uh, first, Chiggers. He says, I've had many run-ins with tiny hell-inducing parasites throughout my life in rural Texas, but there is a solution. A bleach solution. Mix up a light solution of bleach in a shallow bath or spray bottle and apply to common trouble areas, ankles, legs, and waistline. Then wash off in a regular shower. Do this as a preventative measure after walking in tall grass that you think might be home to chiggers or even after you've already started itching, it still works. Stan says, I acknowledge this is not the most organic measure, and some people probably think I'm insane for recommending it. Oh, no, I get it. My mom, that's the poison ivy thing. You put like a cup of, be- cup of, a cup of bleach in a bathtub of water. And when you have poison ivy and you get in and same thing that helps to dry out and just kill the rash. I've had some wicked, nasty cases of uh, poison ivy. So if I ever come across trigger issues again, thank you. I'm going to try that. Yes. Tan says, I'll, I'll take whatever risk a bleach solution may offer with the torture of trigger bites. Yeah. No, me too. Uh, on the subject of video games, he says, buried somewhere deep in a closet somewhere in my house is a Super Nintendo with a copy of Super Mario Brothers. You probably can't even hook it up to a modern TV. Probably not. Probably not. Other than that, I always always enjoyed the adventure role-playing type Diablo, Baldur's Gate. Didn't you oh, play Baldur's Gate? I loved Baldur's yeah, Gate. I and that. Baldur's Gate 2. And Icewind Dale. Anyway, uh, or EverQuest on the PS2. After we got married, Stanton says, we shifted away from console games and spent most of our entertainment time that, though. Uh, playing card or board games. Speaking of, says Stan, if you enjoy D&D, you will probably love Munchkin. Which Tons of laughs. Another well, guy. We talked about that. Larry, uh, yeah. one of our listeners, sent us this game. Yeah, no, that's why Munchkin. Stan referenced it, yeah. because we had oh. talked about Oh, you probably love much. Okay, yes. I was thinking he was right. He was just saying, "Hey, you'll probably." It was a recommendation. Right. What house? No, I think because we had talked about it okay. before, and we did. We did. We, we have we played it. Time. We had a really good time with the kids. We need to play it again. Uh, finally, he says on the subject of eating tasty rabbits or eating wild rabbits. 
tasty. Missy had voiced some concern about some uh, uh, diseases. He but says, I'd check with Stephen Ranella. He knows a thing or two about uh, what, what you might uh, have to worry about with wild rabbit. Oh, Meat eater, Steve Ranella. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, him. I remember him. Yeah, and Scott uh, Scott Laseth, the uh, sporting chef, would probably yeah. be able to help you with he that, too. He would be too, able to help me, too. He's eating a lot crazier stuff than rabbit. Yeah. Uh, in conclusion, Stanton says, thanks again for the podcast. It's always a great time to gather around the kitchen table or fire pit with like-minded people and discuss the events of the day. I enjoy the many topics from farm news to books and especially the listener emails. Best wishes to you and yours. Well, Stanton, thank you, sir. I'm, I am I feel bad that you've caught up now and that, you know, you, you can't binge listen uh, uh, but we'll, we we'll, do that with our favorite couple. We of do our favorite absolutely. Shows. We would rather not watch them some nights when it's ten o'clock. We're just like, okay, let's not watch it tonight, or let's start it in a half an hour so we can fast forward through the breaks. Right. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. We'll we'll try to maybe give you some. I don't know some some shorter segments, maybe more more frequent segments, maybe some Facebook Live stuff. Uh, maybe we can t- we can find people who are like this. Like there's other like companion podcasts. Maybe we maybe should be so. Like this little weird-ass farming, half-acidly farming podcast community that there is. Maybe so. Um, Robin. Oh, but, but speaking of quick games. Yes. Uh, we had friends over this weekend, and they brought a, a card game with them. That's a very inexpensive game, and it goes quickly, and it was a lot of fun. And it was called Quictionary. I think it was called Quictionary. And so you have three, you put three cards down, and you have to come up with a word that satisfies all of the requirements of the three cards. And there's structure, there's... Uh, number of letters. There's all kinds of scenarios, and then there's you know. But it was it, it, it was a lot of fun. So it's called Quictionary. Yeah, and it was it was uh, it would it was good. And I think the more people that you played with, uh, the better it would be. Although we only had four, and it was it was fun. It was fast paced, yeah. you know. Uh, but well, you could you could do six, eight more people than that. Yeah, and the better the vocabulary, the better. Yeah, because obviously you want to. State your case for why you think your word fits those that scenario if you have to argue it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was uh, fun. Yeah. So Robin uh, has written in from the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. Uh, says uh, first couple words about the farm. This year, Robin says I haven't planted a garden. I like to say I'm resting the land after seven years as instructed in the Old Testament. I'm deeply involved in trying to find somebody to help me work on all my home improvement, mainly repair projects. Some, she says, I just can't do, like replace the garage door, fix the washer, etc. I will be fixing the board fence and the front porch. As you know, it never ends. Oh yeah, when you have a <laughs> farm thing. Yes, it never ends. It's always a matter of what didn't we get done this weekend, Robin, right? I don't know, she says, what I would do with myself if I ever did fish any, uh, finish everything. Uh, almost up to my hip, she says, in grass and manure. Need to mow two more fields, move the winter's accumulation of manure, but when I'm off, it's either raining or still wet from the rain. Yeah, we've had that issue too, right? It's beautiful all week, and then the weekend rolls around, or your days off come up, and all of a sudden, like, ah, I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. It, it which is why we've been now working until dark, night. and yeah. right? Um, she says, I'm also raising six dark Brahma chicks to expand my flock. She says, I haven't been able to mother them as I have in the past, but they're doing fine. Uh, She says, about the slaughterhouse issue that you guys had talked about. She says, you're really right. About eight years ago, I raised a flock of meat birds. I really only wanted to do four or five, but the hatchery said I had to buy 25 as they couldn't keep them warm during shipping. Yeah. You know, 25 freedom-ranging meat chicks don't really take up much room, at least initially. In the first week, they were growing so fast, I lost one to overcrowding, Robin says. This was all done with the idea that it would be useful knowledge to know how to butcher a chicken. So when they were ready, I did. I still feel bad about it. I needed to know the skill, but they were my babies. Anyway, I did two, and then I had 23 more. 
So I came to the conclusion that I needed to sell them, as even if I did butcher them, I wouldn't have the freezer space to accommodate them, and I couldn't sell them either, as I'm not USDA certified. So I did sell them on the hoof, probably took a loss, as I discovered a meat chick will eat two pounds of feed a week. Uh, one person that bought half did the job himself. The other went to Harrisonburg, that slaughterhouse yeah. that we talked about, yeah. right? The lesson coming out of this was that I now know how to do it in case I'm hungry, but I'm not so interested in doing it if I can help it. <laughs> Robin says hunger, it. hunger can drive a lot of things that you normally would never do. Well, yeah, we've talked about this before. Like I, I have this theory that we're we're wired to be able to do two of three things, but it's rare to be able to do all three. You can raise your food. You can kill your food. You can eat your food. Rare, I think, is it the person who can raise the animal, kill that animal, butcher that animal, and eat that animal. Rooster soup, I did it. I know you've done it. I said rare. Okay. You are one in a million. But but ordinarily, I think it's a lot easier. You raise it. You eat it. You let somebody else process it, right? Well, in our or case, Or you raise it. You process it. You let somebody else eat it. You yeah, send it away. That's true. Um, I, I think it is tough to do all of that. Uh, and so I, I get what, exactly what you're saying, Robin. Robin says, uh, uh, every so often I hear of a person whose business is a portable chicken processing truck, but I've never actually seen one. I don't know that we have any in this part of the country. I've yeah. actually thought, Robin, that this would be a, a fantastic small business for someone. We need to get on the shtick. We need to buy an old school bus. We need to get an yeah. old washing machine. Because you can use an old washing machine with all those little rubber fingers in it, mm-hmm. and then you had a tumbler to do to get the get the feathers off. Just gotta get again. You gotta get USA certified, and that is gonna take a lot of time. Or not work <laughs> under the table and go under the fly and go. Hey, I'm, I'm not gonna here have to do your. I'm not gonna have a black market chicken slaughterhouse bus on wheels. No way, man. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, Robin says, uh, second subject, profanity and child raising. So mm. hard. She says, when I was a child, my dad cursed so much, my mom would say, if goddamns could fly, my dad would be all over Fairfax County. <laughs> so, many, uh, so many bad words are just uh, really vulgar but not profane. And then there are the profane ones. One morning, she says, we're getting ready for a horse show. And as always, dad's driving us to an early grave due to his anger problems and his language. I got the horse on the trailer, and he, the horse, properly stood on my foot. And in my pain and desperation, I blurted out, GD, Dexter, get off my foot. Nobody in my circle said the F-bomb, says Robin. In fact, I never really heard it until I was an adult. Yeah, I didn't say it until I was an adult, really. Uh, after the unfortunate blurting, there was dead silence. Finally, Dad admonished me for my language. Apple tree. tree yeah, right? Yeah, we have an apple tree problem right now. Yeah, Robin says, uh, it's been a lifelong struggle. Nurses talk like sailors, or was that just me? And then I went to work at the jail and got a course in fluent inmate speak. Holla, I worked in the house. I lived in the housing <laughs> project for nine years. I didn't talk like all kinds of crap. Now my own daughters talk like sailors, says Robin, even though they've backed off in front of me at my continued request. They are definitely not the only ones. I think it also really mirrors all the fascination with tattoos and piercings. I'm not going to say anything about the piercings. Hmm. Miss, tattoos and piercings? Wait, it's not piercings. This is just One, you know two, ten pairs three. of earrings and four <laughs> tattoos. Yeah, that's not tattoos I, and piercings. I cursed before I had the tattoos, and I've had earrings ever since I worked at a jewelry store when I was like nineteen or eighteen. I'm like, here, yeah, show them how to do it. Oh yeah, see, let's hurt bonk. You know, seriously, right? My ears are crazy. Yeah, I'm just gonna try to make. I'm pretty sure you shouted "Mother Clucker" when we uh, found the 27 eggs under the porch. That was like I didn't curse. I know. I was actually really. I've been trying because of the potty mouthness of Kid Four. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that. I've been pretty good too. I haven't. I haven't like called you out. I've just kind of given you the hairy eyeball a couple yeah. of occasions. I got the hairy eyeball, but I'm like I just. I, 
I listen, it's okay. It's good. I, I'm very, very cautious, particularly because I've I've you know, I've had a microphone in my face for the past twenty years and yeah. and I've been working in an environment where you can't curse. Right. You know, commercial radio, you can't curse. That was a fireable offense if yeah. you dropped any not just the F bomb, if you said anything. And I haven't worked in an office in over ten years. Right. I can curse all if I want in my little office because no one can hear me. And I think over the last five years people. and I think specifically over the last year, we've actually seen a a uh, a much greater coarsening of the culture. Now you got politicians who are cursing. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's become a different environment, one that I'm not so freaking thrilled about. See, I wanted to drop the f bomb right there, but I can't. There's just something. There's like a mental block. I just can't do it. Well, plus, we're on. You know, we don't want to do that. I don't. I really don't. That's the thing. I really don't want to do that. But sometimes I feel like I, I have to be. Artificially coarse. What is this dog doing at our feet right now? Um, there's something underneath the <laughs> buffet over here, and mm-hmm. he's trying to use his ridiculously long, I think skinny the, I arms. I think the beef hoof has now gotten yeah. stuck behind there. Well, so it's hilarious. Yeah. All right, we've got one more email from oh, our. Okay, did he hold get on. it? No, he's pulling out the stuff in my side. Oh, all right. Well, hang on one second here. While Miss E is dealing with Booker, I'll share an email from our friend Trent. Yes, we heard from Trent. He says, I guess there's kind of been a lot going on around here. Sorry for the update uh, that took so long. Trent, no problem, buddy. I'm, I'm so glad to hear from you. Trent says, uh, first off, thank you, Cam and Missy, for the more than generous gifts. The blanket is beautiful. The daddy di- gift is delicious. Yes, Trent says, our son Roman arrived on May 23rd, one ten a.m. Trent says, we had uh, gone in the day before, arriving at the hospital around 7 a.m. on the 22nd, so almost 24 hours in the hospital before delivery. Mm. Yeah, um, 12.30 a.m. on the 23rd, doctor came in and said they didn't want to extend labor any further. They're moving to a C-section. He says it's a nervous feeling when you're uh, not fully coherent, you're not running on an hour, uh, uh, you're running almost 20 hours of uh, being awake. He says uh, Melody, uh, his wife, did great throughout the uh, operation. He says, I felt completely hapless and helpless. A C-section didn't help. Uh, He said, I know that they do them every day and it's safe, blah, 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 but... Yeah, uh, but thankfully the baby is six pounds, 15 ounces. He's been doing great. His blanket fits him not at all. (laughs) Uh, Trent shared a picture on Instagram of the baby in the middle of the blanket, and uh, I've been sharing it with people as a joke. I I meant to really stop after that second blue stripe, but whatever. Nobody ever complained that the baby blanket was too big. No, I have people who have four- and five-year-olds who are still using their baby blankets. I'm not going to call them baby blankets anymore. I'm going to call them celebration of life blankets that you're going to be able to use until you're at least 10. Exactly. There you go. Uh, Trent says... um uh, as is the air says, as always the case, things around here pretty much fell by the wayside during our nearly week stay in the hospital. Uh, he says, from the Friday before Roman arrived to the Friday we went home, we had registered six, uh, 6.4 inches of rain. Had yeah. I been home, he says it would have been a Herculean task to keep the garden tended in those conditions. The Canada thistle problem is going to require significant intervention. But that said, Trent says, slowly in the last week, I've gotten it back to something that makes me less twitchy uh, than I had been. Musk, melon, and corn got replanted. They were the only things that didn't come up. Still were about my tomato seedlings. He says they're looking better, but they're well behind where they should be. Yeah, some of ours are really nice and big, and some of them are kind of scrawny. Yeah. So I think it's a crapshoot. 
Six straight run ducks. Trent purchased uh, now 14 weeks old. He says, I've been concerned about the sex of a couple and the possibility of being stuck with far more drakes than ducks. Uh, We wound up, he says, with an even split. Three drakes, three ducks. A couple of the boys will likely end up uh, with... uh, uh, turn into seared mm. breasts and duck leg confit. Oh, confit. But such is life on the homestead. You have to figure out how, a way to save the fat so you can make duck fat fried French fries. Because <laughs> then your life oh, will yeah, forever right? be changed. And uh, lastly, Trent says, I'm picking up our feeder hogs in a couple of hours. They are not the Berkshires oh, or Gloucester they're so, Old they're Spots. Cute. They're pigs. They I, are. I like pigs. He says, I'm a sucker for a red hog. These are close, priced right and available. So two Duric hogs will be joining the menagerie today. Oh, Durics are good. Yeah, they're they, really they're nice tasty, right? He says, uh, they'll stay till sometime in early October when they will get a short vacation to visit the wonderful folks at La Auto meets before they find their way back to the homestead. Oh, speaking of which, yes. I may have sold a couple of piglets today. Hallelujah. Yep. Praise He's the Lord and pass the bacon. That is fantastic because yep. we have nine yep. that need to go. Yep. So I'll be great. He can he can take as many of them as he wants. Yep. Fantastic. All right. Well, hopefully the next time we get a chance to talk with you, we will have fewer pigs. We will have more stuff in the garden. Everything will be in the garden. Don't just be more stuff in the garden. Everything will be in the garden. And you can uh, regale us with uh, uh, tales uh, from your trip. Exactly. Yeah, because I haven't been on a plane or gone to the TSA shit since like 2013 or 2014. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Yeah, just. uh, I had to clean up my purse real quick. It's hilarious. How How many knives? Yeah, that like I pull out of my purse. I had nine. Purse. I had five <laughs> knives. I have like all these in it right now. I have a really cool. Uh, uh, what's it? It's not China. What is it? It's uh, ceramic. Horse, ceramic. I have a really cool ceramic knife. I have another knife. I have a multi tool. I have a, a dangerous sewing kit with needles in it that might be construed as bad. And I really want to take my knitting because Saturday mm-hmm. is National Knit in Public Day. Oh. And I'm like, I have to, I have to bring something. So I think I'm gonna bring like a crappy pair of little sticks mm-hmm. and some baby yarn, and like make a hat or a pair of booties for somebody while I'm there you hanging go. out and bored. Well, listen, nothing that you could bring on your uh, carry-on bag would be as sharp as your wit. Ah, that's good. All right. You have a fantastic week. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. Live a little, learn a lot. Be safe, have fun. That's what we start with. Oh, is so it? Let me, yeah, let me do that okay, again. Go ahead. Be safe, have fun. Live a little and learn a lot. Awesome. And we will see you here soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.